All right, everyone. Welcome to our mess. Welcome to episode 100 of Physically Spiritual. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I'm joined today by my brother in Christ and good friend, and really it's his fault that all of this ever happened, <laughs> Nicolas de la Torre. I just say his name like that because that's how he says his that's name. so beautiful of you with all of your, your German ancestry to roll that R for me. It's yeah, I can roll meaningful. the R for you, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Physically Spiritual is the podcast all about uh, the connection between physical health and spirituality. It's come from my experience of as I grew physically healthier, how it changed my spiritual life. In the show, I try to harmonize and share everything I've learned. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Welcome to the first ever physically spiritual live stream. Uh, like I said, today I'm joined by Nicolas. Mm. And thank you everyone for being on the stream. If you, if you wanted to be on the stream but you can't, we're going to repost this later. So if you're hearing me say this, you already know it's the case. Uh, but on this episode, I wanted to share especially... Uh, a bit about how this all happened, right? Because this is all kind of tied up in our lives, tied up in, in our friendship and the friendship of a lot of other people. Um, so let's go back in time to 2020. Oh, okay. 2020, winter of 2020. I don't think that year actually existed. You don't think that year existed? <laughs> <laughs> the world got a little weird in 2020. But at the beginning of the year, we didn't think it was going to get that weird. No, no, we didn't. And certainly not throughout 2019 as we were, um, you know, doing the groundwork to build what would become Awaken. So, yeah, that was definitely an adventure. I also want to mention we have a few people in the chat here, like Katie Holler and Adam Reinhardt. Katie says, congratulations on 100 episodes. Adam Reinhardt says the same thing. Um, and Adam also mentioned we look good. So uh, oh, nice. I'm, sure, I'm sure he meant the quality of the stream, but I'm going to take that as a personal compliment. And yeah, I think me you too. should too. Yeah. Me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, we were uh, throughout 2019, um, you know, what started as just trying to, for my wife and I in our ministry as evangelists, as musicians, um, what started as just kind of creating an infrastructure as a back end for that ministry so that people could make donations and you know get the tax benefits of that uh, for our work. Um, really, like as God, as we were on that journey of built, fleshing out that nonprofit organization, God was like totally at work doing some radical things in our, uh, as a byproduct of our discernment process for that. Um, because initially we thought it was just going to be her and I. And as we fleshed it out, I started to really see this, this incredible thing uh, being formulated, manifesting, where this is meant to be a lot bigger than Nick and Alina. And it really actually tapped into um, a wound that was actually like resurfacing as a byproduct of trying to be an entrepreneur and build something from scratch. So you knew me in my earlier years uh, as, a, as a Catholic. And one of the, the things that I had to really wrestle through in coming into the faith in a powerful, life-changing way was pride. And was, um, not that I'm not still wrestling with pride, Lord knows, but like in, in an acute way, all of my life had been energized and propelled in this direction of becoming a famous opera singer and I wanted to see my name in, in big lights at the Met. Give and, us a little opera. Nope, not going to do that. Give us a little opera. <laughs> but, but yeah, so one of the things I had to do essentially was like stop doing, like I had to slam the brakes on music for a second 
and I dropped out of opera school. Like I, I just realized I needed to figure out how to reconstruct my approach to life and also what it looked like to use the gifts that God has given me, even in song, uh, but for his glory instead of mine. And it really took like a really strong, you know, like when you have a bent rod, you have to like bend it the opposite direction pretty mm -hmm. strongly to make it straight. Uh, so I had to just slam the brakes for a second. But anyways, uh, because that was a wound of mine that I needed healing from and I had received a lot of healing from, as I started to like try to be an entrepreneur and I was being asked to speak around the country and do these different things, um, in really subtle ways, like the enemy was creeping in and, and just um, allowing me to enjoy too much uh, some of the attention that that, you know, ended up meaning for myself. Um, but then, like, as we were discerning this nonprofit, Awakened Catholic, and fleshing out what it could look like, and it became more about multiplying what I believed was an important ethos for how we evangelize and how we speak about the gospel, mm -hmm. how we speak, how we convey truth, how we uh, invite people into the heart of God, um, multiplying my vision for that rather than like it being Nick. And so my vision for that was largely constructed, largely made up of a lot of my mentors, uh, which you, before you were my best friend, you were one of my best friends, all y'all out there, <laughs> um, you, you were a mentor to me. And so you were one of the first people I reached out to like, Hey, do you want to join this endeavor? Whether that looks like making a podcast speaking. Um, and we were dabbling in the idea of podcasts at the time. It was like, Hey, this is a cool thing we can do, but it wasn't like the core of what awaken was until the pandemic. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we got to that point. I think that that's... Yeah. So so Nick makes it sound really good, but <laughs> like he quit his job and then found people to pay him to do stuff he wanted to do. Oh that's what gosh. he means by entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> but it was really a leap of faith. And, and I want to like honor you for that. Like, you know, like there was really a point where you were like, we're not going to have health insurance. Like if I do this, like we got to figure out how to pay for everything. Um, and, and you follow the Lord's leading in your life, taking the risk, making the choices, you know, and I'm, and I know life hasn't been easy since then, but the Lord's provided. <laughs> um, and then building out this thing, uh, with awakened Catholic. And what I, what I, um, kind of marvel at is the way that like our, our lives have like run like different, but parallel. Mm. Right, because it's like when I met you, you were like not in a great place. Yeah, <laughs> that's to put it very gently. <laughs> and I don't blame myself for making it better. Um, but we were like sitting there at breakfast, like reading theology for beginners together. Mm -hmm. you I, know. I have that same book that we were reading at the time over here on the table. Yeah. So it was like, but then within years, you were like working full time at a church, like ministering to other people you kind of got your head out of your, you know, where and started dating Alina again. <laughs> Amen. Um, and, and, and then the, I don't want to say the Lord also, like there were periods where we drifted apart, but in a sense, I was kind of on my own journey through that of like getting healthier. Mm. And, and that's kind of the, the background to the show. And, and, and I, in that process had like a ton more energy and inspiration and motivation. So like, I was hardcore, like deep diving 
into research around philosophy, theology, science, health, psychology. And I was working on writing a book, a book that still exists in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) And there's three drafts that are way longer than anyone would ever want to read, but never even get to the point that I wanted to say on my Google Drive. Um, And the reality was that like, I, I wasn't, one, I'm like not a great writer, so like I'm working on that throughout my life. But I had all this like stuff that I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like as you were starting Awaken Catholic and talking about it and kind of entering into this period of, dis- of discernment and uh, in a sense upheaval of your life, but also like trusting in what the Lord was doing. Um, like, like I say that this is your fault, but it really is. Like, <laughs> physically spiritual would have never, like I would have never done a podcast. Like part of me hates blogs and podcasts because I feel like it's unqualified people talking about stuff they don't really know about, mm-hmm. like largely. Like it's just people C- making certainly. noise and like yeah. adding adding minutes of media onto the internet that will waste everyone's life. Yeah. Um, and like I I like passionately like don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just gonna get famous by creating noise. Um, like I, I really think that uh, like a physically spiritual is ever going to be what I want it to be like it needs to be worth the people's time that are listening to it. Um, so I w- was never interested in doing a podcast. And and I remember like we were talking about everything and it was exciting and we were catching up and I was telling you about everything I was doing and you were telling me about everything you were doing. And you, you said like, would, would you want to make it into a podcast? Yeah. Um, well, and I think, and I don't want, I'm, I could be rem- misremembering this, but I also think that even the premise of you beginning to entertain a book I think I might have been like Andrew. You need to like create, like you need to put this down on paper. Because what I was seeing, and it's the same reason I would have said anything about a podcast. Like you, the the journey that you were alluding to, and that you've talked at length about on this podcast, that's a really transformative journey that you went through. But like the premises, the things that were that you've gone through, like it's so relatable to everybody mm-hmm. in different ways. Maybe maybe the circumstances are different, but this. Uh, this need for change in a few different capacities that you were feeling the pain of for years of your life, if not your entire life in different ways, um, we all have that. Some of us are more willing than others to confront that or uh, or we aren't um, because of comfort, the, the comfort of not pursuing something that's scary uh, because it might call, you know, demand something of us that, you know, like, listen, let's say you're in a struggling marriage. You can't fix that unless you're willing to have the hard conversations, um, unless you're willing to, unless both parties are willing to be humble, right? And then in our personal lives, privately, interiorly, we will never be able to climb out of the holes that we find ourselves in unless we're willing to put in the hard work and and confront the uncomfortable truths about ourselves and and really mm-hmm. face them um you know there's no salvation there's no resurrection without the cross right mm-hmm. like we will never be on the other side of our wounds and on the other side of our addictions and our vices and whatever on the other side of our pain without the cross mm-hmm. and we're so unwilling so often many of us a majority of us probably including you and I even to this day in different oh, yeah. new ways and, and whatever, so many of us are so unwilling to climb onto the cross, be nailed to it, 
be stabbed in the side. Like we don't want to suffer with Christ. Um, and so we kind of want God to be like a genie that grants us a wish of healing, but God wants to cooperate with us in that because that's what's actually good for us. Hmm. Um, and so what I saw in your journey was this man was so, he, he, you reached a point where you were like, enough is enough. And there, there were some occasions and, and, you know, we all can relate to this. There were some occasions in which you, in the pursuit of healing in these different areas, went for like quick fixes, oh, yeah. right? Um, that didn't do anything for you, right? Uh, other than really clarifying that that quick fix doesn't work, that quick fix doesn't work. Um, and we all do this. And whether it's just numbing the pain through medication, and granted, there are some cases where medication is incredibly important, but like, it has to be part of a broader picture mm -hmm. of healing. So, and then, and then what you did, the radical measures that you took and the comprehensive nature of the measures that you took where you weren't just addressing a singular aspect, but the interconnectivity of all of it, where it wasn't just for you about being obese. It was about your mental state. It was about your spirituality. It was all of these things tied together. Um, and you addressed them comprehensively that way hmm. and and so entirely and so faithfully and the journey that you were on for that is something that we can all learn so much from not to mention that the specifics of your journey are so relatable for so many of us hmm. so i just think that it's so valuable for even if you aren't an expert you know like what your concern is about so many podcasts um, people get inspired by others stories to to rise up to the occasion. I mean, I'm certainly inspired by you as a man and by our other, like we have a really amazing like nucleus of community of, of e each of us as men and each of our families, like we bring something so unique to the table that we can all grow from each other in different ways. Um, but, but for people watching or listening to a podcast, like they're on a jog, they're washing the dishes, they're cooking, whatever, they're doing some work but they're hearing a story from someone that's authentic, that is mm -hmm. contextually, like you are very humble, but you have a very profound theological backbone. And, and so you, you have this context for your story that is based in truth from the heart of the church and from the heart of science, because you're such a radical researcher. And so to me, like all of these things are like, yeah, that is a worthy you know, that there is value in there being a book and a podcast and whatever for this stuff. People are going to be enriched by it. And I think we've seen that. Hmm. Like I said, it's all Nick's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so let's go back to, I'm going to get emotional. Let's go back to, I think the first episode of Physically Spiritual came out in March of 2020. We've all heard of this thing called COVID-19. At that point, we'd heard of it too. <laughs> but it was like, you know, like some people are getting sick in China. It's like, well, yeah, it's still like happening. Um, but we didn't think that like things were going to get locked down, right? So so physically, I think Physically Spiritual was the first Awakened Catholic podcast to start. I think so. Um, and, and at that time, there were a couple other shows that started. Uh, the The other one that... Uh, I remember from that time that was maybe around like the same starting time was flirting with faith, flirting with faith, yes, and awake the ache. Oh yeah, awake yeah. the ache was going too, uh, and and it was such a weird time because like 
like when when the pandemic happened, it changed the the land the digital landscape so much, mm-hmm. right? Because we're 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 trying to inspire people to find truth through beauty, right? We're trying to 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 leverage media in all of its forms to help people to encounter our Lord um, through our, through our stories, through church teaching, through um, our encounters with one another. Uh, and let's just say when the pandemic happened like the, the water got busy, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if, if you just like go back to people's like YouTube channels, Facebook pages, like anywhere people were streaming and and there was a lot of space to operate. Mm-hmm. But then when the pandemic happened, like everyone pivoted and started publishing online. Yeah. A lot of people out of survival. But then at the same time, like there was a whole movement in these media platforms toward like filtering stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because they had to start to control the narrative around the pandemic, right? So there's there's all this, we know kind of shadow banning happened. Uh, you sort of get tagged based on what you're talking about. You know, it's like, a, like trying to start a Catholic media apostolate <laughs> in this environment was was like a big lift. Yeah. And, and I remember like those early episodes, we put them out. It's like a couple hundred people watched, a couple thousand people watched. And a couple months into the pandemic, it was like 20 people watched, mm-hmm. you know, and it was clear that like, like the, 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 the landscape had drastically changed around us, both on the way that the media platforms were going to handle the content, but also then just the, the pure volume of content that was out there available. So it was, it was a very uh, like trying time. And I, and I know for you, like that act of faith of like, we're going to, I'm going to quit my job. And I think the Lord's calling me to do this. And we have all these events we can do, and then we can start this other media side that can grow. And all of a sudden, like the world shuts down, Mm -hmm. there's no events, Mm -hmm. like there's no music gigs, there's no speaking gigs. And now everyone that has a microphone and a camera has a podcast and YouTube show all of a sudden. Yeah. What was that like? (laughs) Horrifying. Um, no, and honestly, the the ripples of that are still like you. Could, if you know if you're watching the the surface of the water, the ripples are still going from yeah. what happened there uh, for us as an organization, for us as a family. Um, I mean, the the primary business model of Awaken when it launched was the events, hmm. right? And with events, it's such a straightforward business model. You 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 receive a fee or there's a ticket price for events. Um, you, you know, if you're the one hosting the event, you get sponsors and stuff. And it's so obvious, like there's a very clear trajectory. If the, if the event is promoted well and the event goes well, like there's going to be a cash flow in and out and you can basically rely on that essentially. Mm. And we went from that to nothing. You know, we did one really cool big event uh, after Awaken finally kind of came out and was like, hey, we're a thing. Um, We did one big event in Indiana and then it was done. Like, I think it was precisely less than two weeks or something like that after that event that the lockdowns hit. And Mm -hmm. everyone was like, wait, I can't go to the grocery store? (laughs) Wait, what? What What is happening right now? and then for us, on top of the, I can't go to the grocery store, it was, so how are we gonna afford the house and how are we going to feed our kids and like keep the lights on? And 
praise be to God that there were plenty of companies that rose to the occasion. Like our, at the time, our mortgage company was very gracious and they created this really great program and stuff. And so that was a lot lessened of a stress. Mm. But so there were, there were companies that really did help people, um, at whatever cost to them. And I'm sure that they, they've worked things out to where it doesn't damage them. But for us, it was like really challenging. And, and so, you know, there were employees of Awaken that we had to let go at the time uh, who had been hired specifically with the premise that we were going to be able to pay them because of events and this thing and that thing. And, um, and then on top of that, losing patrons that we had worked really hard to, to build up a, a, a patronage community, people that supported the mission, losing patrons not because they didn't believe in what we were doing, uh, but there were basically two factors there. One, they themselves were entering into their own financial hardships, and yeah. there's a kajillion people like that. Um, but then the other factor was it became very difficult for us to keep creating and keep um, providing value as an organization through the pandemic because we couldn't get the, the hosts of the shows into our house. They couldn't, they legally couldn't come to us. Mm -hmm. And, and then there's the other side effect that a lot of people will resonate with, which is it was really difficult for us in terms of our mental health. So when we had been kind of stepping out onto the ledge, like you were alluding to like that leap of faith, um, and we were seeing like there's light at the end of the tunnel, like we're gonna finally launch this Awaken thing and we're gonna finally start making some money and, and, and be able to pay ourselves, pay the team, pay for life. Um, and then when that was taken from us after that leap of faith, when we made the leap of faith, there was no pandemic, you mm -hmm. know? And so when that rug was pulled from us, um, we really, Alina and I both really wrestled with a lot of like paralyzing depression and like, I've never really said this out loud, but it was, it was really difficult. Um, yeah. and so as the pandemic evolved, uh, as you know, within society, um, you know, obviously a lot of tragedy happened, a lot of deaths, whether or not related to COVID, like a lot of terrible things happened during the pandemic, uh, to families and to people and whatever. Um, but, as things were lessening in severity, um, we were starting to see, it looks like the lockdowns might lift. It looks like things are gonna change. We should start planning an event. Hmm. And so we did, and it was called Why Be Catholic? We flew Jason Everett out here to, to, uh, to provide a keynote at the event. Bishop Thomas, Daniel, Bishop Daniel E. Thomas also gave a keynote at the event. And we rented out this venue called The Pinnacle in Maumee. And obviously they were thrilled for us to host an event <laughs> because they were like, we need revenue too. Um, but they were very cautious. They were like, I don't know if this is a good idea, guys. Nobody's going to come. Everybody's terrified with the pandemic. Everyone's used to this isolation now. And I was just like, no, we have to do this. Like, we have to try. Um, and I just felt so strongly that God was calling us to. And so we set out as many chairs and open as many tickets as the venue would allow us to. And they, they thought nobody would come. And the day of, they, and, and we were like getting nervous too, because the ticket sales, the pre-sale of the tickets before the day of the event, like it wasn't crazy. It was like, okay, we sold some, but it wasn't like, oh, right, this is great. But the day of the event, we filled more than half of the venue's capacity. And 
they were losing their minds in excitement. Hmm. I was losing my mind in excitement. We didn't make a penny off of that event, but like God was there. We provided an opportunity for people to gather again, hear an awesome message. And I know for a fact that there are people that literally joined RCIA the the right of Christian initiation for adults, like the the path to becoming Catholic. I know there are people that joined RCIA as a result of going to that night's event. Hmm. And so, you know, God is in this. And we still, all of that to say, I guess, we still haven't fully recouped from that. We're still struggling. You know, we, we've built this beautiful stage. We're still working on the background here to beautify it. This is This is our own venue now. We don't have to rent out other venues. And we're going to start consistently hosting events here because events are what you know changed my life. It was a Christopher West event uh, on the campus of BGSU, and I know how transformative it can be for people. But I'm also hoping that it it provides us a foundation that we can, in in a far more fiscally healthy way, per- perpetually keep running awaken because it's still kind of like this grind that we're wrestling out of the hole that was the pandemic. Yeah, and just so you all know, like a successful Catholic creator is simply getting by. <laughs> yeah. Like like the vast majority of of media creation that you find online uh in, in in older forms of media or what have you most of it's subsidized by donations. Like yeah. the the revenue that's obtained through through AdWords, through whatever revenue sources are coming through the platform or through like the traditional sources for media aren't even covering probably half the bill for most Catholic apostolates. Yeah. Like it's, it's coming through people that are passionate about the message, supporting what's happening. Um, now, as, as you talked about that, the word that came to my mind was um, like where you find the cross, you also find God's providence. Mm. Where you find the cross, you also find God's providence because like the, the Lord called you out of a comfortable place. You know, like you had a, a good job, but then you also had like a lot of great opportunities to like share your musical gifts, to share your, your theological um, understandings with people around the country. Um, and he called you into this uncomfortable place before you knew what was going to happen. But I, I can't help but think that the Lord was also positioning you for where he wanted you to be. Right. So when the Lord called you to start awake and he knew the pandemic was going to happen, right? And that stinker, you know, you were a dude that just happened to have a bunch of camera, high quality cameras and microphones sitting around his house, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you had the, the technical know-how and then you had a group of people on hand that were also going through their own journeys that the Lord was working in their life. It's like, there's a way at which like, there's no accidents in God's world. Um, and where, where, where a secular person finds coincidence, we find God's providence. Um, so even though it wasn't like obviously what you expected or what any of us expected, it was also like in a weird way, like God positioning, I think all of us, um, to have an impact that we couldn't have anticipated, but it was what the church needed for what was coming. Yeah. I'm really like, I'm sitting here. I, I generally do not feel things and I'm really struggling to like not get like teary eyed right now. Uh, just, yeah, it's not, it's not over for us. Like we're still, you know, Awaken is in a much healthier place, but like to maintain that, like our family is still, 
Um, we, and even just th- this last week, it's been very trying on us uh, yeah. for a lot of reasons. So, sorry, I'm just, I wasn't expecting to get emotional and, and I'm, I'm over here making excuses for it. <laughs> so with that said, Catholic merch store, <laughs> the patron of this show. <laughs> so here's the deal. Nick started this thing. It's called Catholic Merch Store, but it's a great way for you to support him, his family, and Awaken Catholic. Um, you get awesome clothes that say cool stuff, and people will think you're cool and you look good. On the other hand, this great work happens, and you bless these good people and all of us with your purchases. So head over to catholicmerch.store or catholicmerch.com, but not catholicmerch.net, <laughs> if you saw the recent episode of the Awaken Catholic Show. Um, and you can get your... Uh, an opportunity to both support what's happening here and also uh, get some cool stuff on the way. Um, so with that said, with, with, with all of this, like you said, this isn't done yet. Like we're not over. And, and we're, I'm thinking of the future of the Physically Spiritual podcast and all the work we're doing. You're thinking of the future of Awakened Catholic. And we're trying to bring ourselves in, in, in line with what the Lord wants to do with all this. Yeah. Right, like this isn't just about like us getting popular and making money. Like if that's <laughs> what it's about, not. like Lord, tear it down, burn yeah. it down, humiliate everyone involved with this, and and put us in a place to actually build your church. Yes, like, please. We're not interested in being Catholic famous. Like what what this is about is about building the kingdom and and the the Lord trying to to use the you know the the kind of loaves and fishes image. We just got a couple loaves and a couple fish, <laughs> and we hope the Lord multiplies it. Yeah, but um, but I don't want to, you know. I, to me, airing out that laundry, like I always feel weird. I've literally never been as honest as I just now was, but, and I wasn't planning to have been. Welcome to physically spiritual. Yeah, <laughs> but but I I think that the 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 thing I would rather f- focus on or or kind of allow this whole topic to lead into is like, you know, going back to what we talked about, about your journey and stuff. Um, this has been super painful. Mm. It's been trying on all of us in unique ways, all of the show hosts, all of our team, certainly all of our team. It's been trying on me. It's been trying on my household, my marriage, my family, and, um, doing the hard stuff is the only way to get to the resurrection. Mm. You know, um, it's not it's not about being a self-masochist and like flagellating yourself all the time and stuff like i'm going to suffer i'm going to go out of my way to suffer like yeah saints did it but i don't think that that was necessarily like what made them a saint you know um i think that that's probably actually pretty unhealthy and uh, indicative of some kind of a mental challenge or, or wounds of some kind that they're working through and anyway uh i think that um you know the body is a temple and god wants us to respect it and and keep it holy Um, but so I'm not saying go out of your way to suffer. I'm just saying when God is calling you in a certain direction, do not assume that the suffering, the challenge means that you're misunderstanding God. Mm -hmm. I think that we have like this very Westernized, very Protestantized idea of the will of God and the way the Holy Spirit works. And the moment that there's a struggle or a rub, it means, oh, then the Holy Spirit's saying, don't do that or whatever. Like I've been told by so many people with well intention, good intentions, like, hey, maybe God is saying, like, stop doing Awaken. Hey, maybe God is saying, like, you know, get a regular job, you know? <laughs> um, and I'm just, 
I've received in so many instances in, in consolation and prayer and adoration and in, in my own quiet prayer time at home, like I've just received so much affirmation that like we are meant to stay the course, even though it makes no sense and even though it's so hard. And so how that applies in the context of physically spiritual to me is the example of your journey. It's the, it's the example of my own journey, you know, coming into faith and, and radically like saying no to things. Like I remember one of, one of the things that I, uh, one of the, the vices that I had through the majority of my life was um, I would, I, it really mattered a lot to me to be the guy that no matter what you wanted to listen to, I've got it on my iPod. So I like pirated so much music, like any music that existed, I pirated it and it was on my iPod. Um, and I did the same thing with like software. You know, I, st I got into video editing and photo editing, like Photoshop and stuff. I got into all of that on pirated software. And I'm hopefully, hopefully hoping that the statute of limitations, like, you know, I'm not gonna get in trouble <laughs> at this point, but, um, but you know, to me, that was a major source of vice, like just thinking I was entitled to all of the, all of these digital goods. And there was a night where I was in adoration. Uh, no, it wasn't adoration. I was just praying in front of the tabernacle at St. Aloysius Parish. And I felt God so radically just say to me, Nick, you need to release this. And I went straight from that prayer time to your apartment at St. Thomas More University Parish and I told you what I felt like God was telling me. And then you said, Nick, go home right now. Don't give yourself any time to second guess this. Go home right now and delete everything. And that sucked. That was awful. <laughs> but I was like on fire by, by even just your challenge. We're so afraid of challenging each other. Mm. And I think that that not only limits personal growth, but it limits what relationships can be. You know, the intimacy in our relationship, the premise of it is honesty. Um, and it doesn't mean either of us is always right about everything, but we're both just trying our best to be the best friends to each other we can be, hmm. the best brothers we can be to each other. So I went home and I deleted everything. And so that's just an example of that, like, the the resurrection only comes with the death on the cross. You know, like what are we not willing to crucify in ourselves? What are we not willing to join to Christ's sufferings? Uh, what vices are we not willing to let go of? What addictions, what things that the church has said, hey, this isn't good for you, are we not willing to let go of? Even hmm. any kind of sexual sin, you know, it, regardless whether whether you're hetero or homo or or whatever sources of addictions you have, like all of it is sin, all of it. There's this really great guy, Peter Volk, Volk, I think Velk. Um, he he's um, not Catholic, but he's very uh, Catholic friendly, and he lives a monastic life with these other men who all share same-sex attraction but they live this celibate monastic life serving the community. And this guy, Peter, he made a post recently and he's, and it, all it said is gay sexual sin is not worse than heterosexual sin. And I was like, amen, brother, amen. I literally commented, amen, it's so true. But so many of us are like, well, my sin's not as bad as that person's sin. And so we're <laughs> suddenly like judging the world and, and then essentially like giving ourselves an out because those people are worse than I am. No, 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 no. 
We all need saving. We all need to be holy. We all need to be willing to die to the parts of our... Dude, I had to die to so many parts of my own sexual sin and sexual addictions and stuff, and, and I had to repent for those things. I, I literally... One of the things that Christopher West said at that event um, that changed my life, he said, write a letter to every person that you've ever hurt sexually and apologize. And I freaking did that. Mm. I did that. And it was incredible. It was incredibly healing. Um, and it sucks. Super awkward. Super weird. Nobody does that. Uh, but unless we're willing to do the things that are uncomfortable and are counter to what our the, the society's expectations for us, you know, it, we're never going to find the healing. Yeah, this is this is this is built. I think into God's design too. Like one of the biggest issues we have, I think, with health today, is that we're too comfortable. Yeah, you know, like we we don't have to struggle to eat. We don't have to work for anything. Like you can just like sit in front of a computer and eat pizza all day, and it's the worst thing ever. And and it's clear across the board. Like there's all these different ways that actually putting the right kind of acute stress on your body and on your mind actually strengthens it. Right, something like like weightlifting, like you're causing an acute stress to your body, and then your body reacts to that by getting stronger. Yeah, and and we're designed by nature to have this this kind of effect. That's the same idea of where like people talk about some foods, like you eat it, and and it actually causes this kind of hormetic stress on the body that causes it to get stronger or like triggers it to like filter out more bad stuff or what have you. So this is a clear pattern in in, in physical health and wellness. That if things are too easy, if things are too comfortable, it's actually not good for you. Yeah. But it's the same thing on like a societal level. Like there's there's uh, clear research around societies and decadence. That when when societies when it's too easy for a society when they don't really have to work and struggle, right? It, it actually slows down the progression of technology and development. Mm. You know, like one of the one of the the things that uh, anthropologists believe triggered the development of cities in the Fertile Crescent in the ancient world wasn't, you know, the fact that it was like an ideal place to survive, but actually it was the right mix of that there was enough there to survive, but then there was also enough difficulty. And and it was that mix of, of the difficulty that pushed those ancient people into ingenuity, right? Yeah. That, that they had to they had to, to create new technologies. They had to, to design new systems. They had to think outside of the box. And it was that struggle that led to the development of their societies. You know, they couldn't just do the regular hunter-gatherer thing there. Yeah. They couldn't just, you know, depend on their crops to come back every year. Yeah. Right? They, they had to, to develop technologies to do it. And I think it's the same thing in our own personal lives too. Right? God doesn't want us too comfortable we need that. We need that struggle. We need that difficulty. Um, we can't. We can't rest on our laurels in this in this journey toward Him. And I think it's the same thing with the Awakened Catholic Apostolate too. Like it, we look back, it probably wouldn't have been in our best interest for everything to go well at the start. It's probably true. <laughs> I, I mean, it's absolutely, certainly, definitely true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much innovation has has happened. You know, like you, you were talking about how out of nowhere the algorithms were just wrecking us. Um, and not only that, like getting literal strikes on YouTube just for providing, we, we partnered with, uh, Catholic charities in the diocese of Toledo leading up to the, uh, 
what year was that election? Twenty was it twenty twenty? Twenty twenty, yeah. Leading up to the twenty twenty elections, we partnered with the diocese and Catholic charities to create an eight part uh, video series just illustrating Catholic social teaching on a variety of topics without favoring truly uh, either viewpoint uh, in terms of left or right or conservative or liberal. Like we were just illustrating very objectively the truth um, about what the church teaches. And we got a strike on YouTube in, in, in one of, in, in the video that was uh, comparing socialism to capitalism and both socialism and capitalism there there was a breakdown of here is some of the good here's some of the bad and it was super sober super objective and we got a freaking strike on youtube for that and so that moment was the moment i decided we are not going to be beholden to these people anymore uh, or these robots anymore and that was the moment that i decided we got to figure out how to make an app so that we have our own platform that we are the own you know we are the adjudicators of not censoring ourselves um and how that has played out has really been an interesting evolution and i'll actually i'll give you a little sneak peek andrew when we're done uh, live streaming this um because the you know the the app now since that moment has i didn't know what i was doing at the time uh, hardly still know what I'm doing, but um, there have been a few iterations that have kind of served as proofs of concept for the app. And what we're going to be launching uh, very soon here is really, I'm, I'm kind of referring to it now as the Catholic super app. Like it is a platform where we're not going to get censored. And it's honestly the best way. We've kind of always said that, but it wasn't really ever true. Like the best way to re- consume Catholic, uh, awaken Catholic content. This is really going to be the best way to consume. Trust us this time. <laughs> no, this is for real. This is for real. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be releasing some examples of that later. But anyways, the point being behind that is like the innovation that has come out of the challenge, you know, um, yeah. Well, your, your bottom line, your point is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's land this plane. Let's talk a little bit about where all this is headed. Mm. Um, one thing that for, for me, for physically spiritual is before I started this podcast, I had been researching and writing for years, right? So I had like, I had books written, like, and I was, and, and, and that was a lot of the early, the first three seasons of this podcast were basically over 80% like the research that I had, had been doing and, and continued to fill out. Um, so, so as I think to the future of the show, one thing is I, I want to make sure to keep the quality of the content up because I haven't even, I haven't been satisfied with most of my episodes, even to date. Like I wish, I wish I could have them research better. I wish that the content could be more, more dense. And I wish that the thought process could be more clear um, in order to, to make sure that when somebody loads the show up, they know that the 20 or 30 minutes that that is going to be worth that time. It's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to be uh, enlightening. They're going to learn something new. It's something that they learn is going to be applicable to their life. That it's going to send them down new paths of research uh, for themselves. Um, so the one thing that I want to do now is it, up till now I've been doing seasons where I ep- release an episode every week and then we t- I take a break. And that's sort of the, the reset of let's catch up on research, let's write some new content to make sure when the new season comes out that the quality is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, moving forward, 
you know, like I've, I've said what I wanted to say to some extent, not that I don't want to say more, Mm -hmm. but I just can't keep up with that weekly release date. So I'm going to start releasing episodes every other week on a regular basis, right? Because with, with guests coming on the show, with different formats of the show, I'm confident that I can keep up producing quality content at that pace. Mm -hmm. But I also want to continue to deliver on a regular basis for people. Um, the regular listeners or so that are, are used to it, but also then appealing to to a wider audience as this continues to expand. So, so that's that's kind of the update on physically spiritual. I got um, I got a lot in the works. We I'm, I'm planning a series on spiritual motherhood. We did a series on fatherhood. Uh, I'm also planning a series on theology of the body, and and kind of the physical uh, and psychological dynamics that are in theology of the body. I've got a series planned on addictions. And go deep into the topic of addictions. I also have a kind of a, a long-term topic on on kind of sexual health and all things uh, with the, the sexual side of, of humanity. Um, and, and I just got a ton more ideas traipsing around in That's my awesome. head for the future of the show. So uh, so I'm excited to continue to, to learn and to be able to share. And I want to, I guess I want to thank everyone who have listened or watched or were encouraged or liked or shared or or, or followed, or just any kind of engagement with this, because, um, you know, frankly, I didn't know anyone was was interested when we started. <laughs> uh, kind of hope people would be. Uh, and the point wasn't to to get a big following. The point is, I actually thought that I had something worth listening to. Mm. Um, so thank you for um, thank you for for being here, everybody. Um, Nick, where's Awakened Catholic headed? Well. Um, the truth of that answer is I am, I'm interested in pursuing the possibility of partnering with a bigger media publishing company. Mm. So whether that's something like EWTN or OSV or, uh, you know, anything that, that has the type of scale, um, so that, you know, kind of the journey we've talked about where it's been really challenging to keep the doors open, uh, metaphorically and literally, um, keep the lights on. Uh, it'd be great if we could just focus on, on making what we're making, you know, like I'm not an expert marketer or promoter or whatever. I'm just a, a guy that likes that, that loves Jesus and wants to help other people love him too. Mm. Um, and, and so I think that, it'd be a lot better to leave those areas of expertise to the experts in terms of marketing and promoting our stuff um, and funding it so that we also don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, So that's, I'm actively trying to pursue relationships and opportunities in that vein. I have a few discussions, uh, a few dialogues already taking place along those lines. But, you know, if you're someone out there that has any inside scoop or whatever that could help us in that track would be great um so that's the biggest thing um that i'm kind of at a high level working on uh and then aside from that like events this is going to become you know this event venue is going to become a thing that i really hope and pray can transform people's lives um and provide really great opportunities to our local community because right now you only get a great catholic speaker to come to the area if by the grace of god some other parish or organization brings them in. You know, it'd be great if just there was this 
constant rotating schedule of like really dynamic, powerful, transformative Catholic events that were available to people uh, so that we aren't at the mercy of just waiting for someone else to do it. Uh, so those are the two big things. And then the app, the app is like huge. Yeah. Yeah. The app, the old app, I think there's, I mean, over a thousand people. Oh, there's like over, there's it. almost 3000. Yeah. So it's, so it, the, I think the proof of concept is there that there's, there's an audience, there's a desire, there's, there's a need for alternate platforming. You know, I think, I don't, I don't think deplatforming is going to get less severe in the future. I think, I think we're marching into a place where a, a Catholic voice is going to be less and less welcome mm-hmm. in the public forum. Uh, so I think long-term there's, there's an extreme need for that, having that platform. And I, and I think like so many other things we've seen the Lord work where what, what he's doing now in preparation, we can't even anticipate why he wants it to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. We just know we need to be faithful. Um, and trust that the Lord is going to do something good with it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. My, uh, in terms of implementing this practically in your own lives, the things we've talked about here today, I just want to invite and encourage just as much as I have to constantly invite myself and encourage myself, uh, to have just like a radical humility for the Lord to move in you and, and to do radical things in you beyond what you thought was possible. Hmm. Um, and then to be so radical about it that you're willing to really make changes. Cause that's, you know, I'm not a perfect man in the slightest. I have, I still have things that I'm trying to grow in and, and wrestle through, but like, um, anything, any good that I am is, is because of God's grace and my willingness to cooperate with it. So. Amen. Yeah. Let's end on that. That's been episode 100 of physically spiritual. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this crazy journey, um, for listening to my voice or watching us on whatever platform or what, whatever else engagement. Um, you know, if you, if you know anyone who you think could benefit from this, please do share it with them. It, it really means a lot if you would share it, if you would like it, if you would review it, especially on, you know, like Apple Podcasts, whatever platform. All the engagement that you make tells these big media companies that this is what people want to hear, this is what people want to to, to watch. This is what, what they should promote to, to a wider audience. So, so really seriously, any engagement you can do with any of it is great. If you want to support uh, the work of Physically Spiritual, you could head over to physicallyspiritual.com to become a member of the patron community. And, and honestly, that just goes to cover the cost of making this happen. The, the patronage we have now probably doesn't even cover half of the actual expense yeah. of the show happening. So if you want to support the show that way, or you can always get some cool stuff and head over to the Catholic Merch Store at catholicmerch.store or catholicmerch.com and support this great work. But with yeah. that, Nick, thank you for your yes. Thank you for uh, the blessing of this opportunity for creating this platform. Um, and I'm excited to continue this journey with you, brother. Thank you for your yes and for being my brother. Thank you so much for being a part of Physically Spiritual. Every moment of the show you've watched, know that I'm grateful that you've given your time to this. I'm so passionate about the message that I'm trying to share, and I'm excited about the future of the show. So thank you for every like, every view, every watch, every follow, every comment, every rating you give in the show. And a special thank you to all you that are already members of the Awakened Nation. So thanks again for supporting the show.